Today on CityCast DC, should DC end right on red for drivers? Would that make our streets safer or more congested? The DC Council is debating the issue tomorrow, but we're talking about it today. WAMU's transportation reporter Jordan Pascal joins me to break it all down. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022. I'm David Plotz, and for Michael Schaefer and Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. On Tuesday, the D.C. Council will consider Councilmember Mary Chase's bill, the Safer Intersections Act. It would do two things. First, it would end right on red in D.C. Second, it would legalize the Idaho stop. Let us start, Jordan, with the Idaho stop. I love the Idaho stop. I'm a cyclist and I Idaho stop my way across the city every single day. What is the Idaho stop and why do we cyclists love it so much? Yeah, the Idaho stop, it's basically treating a stop sign as like a yield sign. And I'm also a cyclist. I also do this. I think probably the majority of cyclists do this. But basically, cycling and driving a car are kind of two different things, basically. And for cycling, you know, it takes a lot of energy to start and stop. And it also is a lot easier to stop as a cyclist. So the idea of an Idaho stop is that if the intersection is clear, that's the key part here. If there's no pedestrians, if there's no cars coming, that means you can kind of slow down, take a look left and right, see what things are, and then proceed. So nine other states have this uh, similar Idaho stop law, and the research has shown that there's actually been a reduction in, in bike crashes. A National Highway Traffic Safety Administration fact sheet on the topic says Idaho saw a 14% reduction in bike crashes after the law was put in place. And similarly, Delaware saw a 23% reduction in traffic crashes involving cyclists at stop sign intersections. So there's kind of a lot of reasons that this is uh, being brought up. Legalizing the Idaho stop seems to me pretty uncontroversial. It's basically implicitly legal already. The idea, I would assume, is just to stop wasting police resources cracking down on it, right? Yeah, I I think that's right. There's definitely people out there that are very much in the everyone has to follow the exact same rules on the road. And that's not the case in principle. I mean, you can say that, but it's never worked that way. Um, You know, we can talk about D.C. traffic enforcement, but I personally have never seen this enforced. I don't think this is something that police are really looking for in the first place. Police don't seem to enforce a lot of traffic rules in, in the district. So, you know, if this passes tomorrow, the average person probably isn't going to know the difference. I think there's a select few that really just want to make an argument that, oh, well, everyone should be the same. Well, if this passes tomorrow, one thing will be a big deal. Ending right on red is a huge deal. D.C.'s had it since 1979. It's legal in almost everywhere in the U.S. except New York City. So why do some people in Washington want to get rid of it and who wants to get rid of it? Yeah, well, like you mentioned, uh, this was a uh, Che bill. Um, she's head of the Transportation Committee, uh, although she is retiring this year. So the reason you ban right on red, intersections are the most dangerous part of any pedestrian, bike, car situation. I've covered so many crashes with injuries, with deaths that result from left turns and right turns. There's a lot going on when you're driving. I know it. Um, And so, you know, I think the way that that these crashes happen, you're a driver, you're stopped at a red light and you want to turn red. Your eyes are looking left to make sure that there's no car coming. 
But in the meantime, there might be a pedestrian that's crossing this way or, you know, some, something else happening and you turn right and you start to go and oh, all of a sudden there's something there. And so I think there's just a lot of processes and a lot of split attention while driving. You got to do a lot, but this is trying to promote safety to kind of reduce those conflicts. I have had plenty of hairy situations as a pedestrian and a cyclist in D.C. with right turns, but I would say never because of right on red. Like rights on red intuitively feel safer to me than other right turns because drivers pause at the red light and they're likely, therefore, to be slower and more aware of their surroundings. Is there any evidence that you have seen that banning right on red makes cities safer for pedestrians or cyclists? So back in 2019, DDOT, at the request of Mayor Bowser, instituted no right turn on red at 100 intersections. And obviously 2019 to 2020, there's been a lot driving wise. Uh, The pandemic has absolutely upended the way a lot of people drive. So, uh, you know, not not, not in a good way, not Not a good way. way. And so, yeah, (laughs) I I reached out to DDOT. Um, I haven't heard back on what that research, what that change has done. And I think what it boils down to is, I mean, yeah, you have these signs, but a lot of people don't follow them. Or if they see it's clear, they'll just do it anyways. There's not a ton of great research that I saw. Um, There was one out of New York, like you mentioned. New York is one of those places that banned it everywhere. I believe it was in maybe Staten Island. uh, They looked at um, reversing some of that at certain intersections. And to be fair, Chase Bill does allow DDOT to allow right turn on reds at certain intersections where it would be deemed safer. Uh, you mentioned that you think that it's safer in some circumstances, and it certainly can be. But uh, there's not a ton of research that I found, at least, that that shows that it drastically reduces crashes or having it drastically increases it. But I, I specifically for D.C., I think D.C. is such a unique city with the way the roads are laid out, the confusion, the number of drivers that aren't you know, from here that come into the city. I think it's a real unique circumstance, and I would be really curious to see what that change has done from, you know, those 100 intersections in 2019 to now. Right. I mean, the data, city data do show that pedestrian and cyclist deaths hasn't changed. And yeah, still a lot of and but but as you say, like the fact of the pandemic and the fact that people just seem to be angrier as they drive and they're driving faster, these all may be contributing factors rather than whether it's a right turn on red. That's one of the hardest things about covering this stuff is because I go to these vigils and I go to these rallies and everyone's calling for change. And D.C. and DDOT have changed things. They've reduced speed limits in in, uh, residential streets to 20 miles per hour. They've done the right on red. They've tried more protected bike lanes, all this stuff. And it's not affecting the bottom line of we still are seeing more people dying every year. So it's really hard to say. You know, it's proving that negative of is it helping? Do we know where it's helping? Could there be a lot more without this stuff? It's, it's just really hard to say. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174.
so if it's ambiguous whether getting rid of right on red makes things safer, do you know about the other side of it? The claim is that right on red reduces congestion and reduces emissions. Is there evidence that supports that? AAA and some other folks have come out that's that said, hey, if you ban right on red, you are going to create more congestion. You're going to p- create more frustrated people and more frustrated people are going to drive worse. And so their argument is that this would be a detriment to traffic, to drivers, to the overall safety situation. But again, you know, research, I don't know if that bears out. Do you know if any other cities or states are considering a repeal of right on red? Are we outliers here? Not that I have heard. I mean, New York obviously being the one that has. I tend to see D.C. and New York kind of being the early adopters for a lot of this kind of traffic stuff. It's certainly possible that other cities are trying it, but usually D.C. is kind of the leading edge from other things that I've looked at. I do think it's going to be interesting if we do end up getting rid of it. because We're in a kind of worst case now, which is that we're inconsistent about it. Like there are places where it's not legal, places where it's legal. Sometimes it's legal like seven to seven Maybe in some places it's six to six or five to five or eight to eight. I don't even know. I mean, that ambiguity feels like a problem. Yeah. And that's when council member Charles Allen, he originally pitched a similar bill like this in 2019 to ban right turn on red everywhere. And then the mayor stepped in and said, well, let's try it at 100 places instead. But that was one of Charles Allen's argument is that it's shoddy. It's all over the place. You know, it would be much simpler for a driver to know if you're in D.C., you're not going to do it. You can't do it. But you're right. We do see a lot of, well, if it's not during rush hour or if it's not during school hours or, you know, that sort of thing. I'm of the mind that driving, uh, you shouldn't have to read a ton to know what you're supposed to be doing on the roads. There's a great example for these hawk signals. If you if you know what those are, there are these flashing beacons that pedestrians can press and it, I think it flashes red, then solid red and goes to yellow. But in order to understand what the hell's going on, you got to read, you know, a paragraph of text. It should yeah. be intuitive. Yeah. And so I think this yeah. kind of falls yeah. into the same thing of, you know, all or nothing. It would be a lot easier to understand. So this Che bill sits at the intersection, or perhaps more accurately, we could say it's peddling legally and safely through the intersection of a decades old battle in D.C., which is drivers versus cyclists and pedestrians. And the fact that the bill is even being considered uh, feels like a win for the cyclist pedestrian side. Is the city generally going in the cyclist pedestrian direction? Have are drivers on the losing side of history in Washington D.C.? You know, it's interesting you frame it that way because I kind of agree. Yes, that it could be a framing. I think what D.C. has committed to is certain environmental goals, certain transportation goals to reduce car use and. You know, city leaders have basically said, well, we're building the infrastructure. We have the public transportation that this should not be a city that you need to operate in a car if you if you don't have to. We are a city of public transit, flawed as it may be, a lot of public transit. We are trying to increase bike lanes and we've got these you know, e-scooters and e-bikes that are rentable now. And so I think there's been a lot of these things over the past decade, maybe more, that does seem like the city is favoring cyclists. The other side of it is, well, we've been favoring car drivers for the past hundred years. Um, So I look at it this way, and maybe David, you're the same. I'm a pedestrian. I am a cyclist at times. I am a driver at times. And even me, who covers this on a daily basis, I still have to think empathetically 
no matter which one I'm behind. I get frustrated with pedestrians behind the wheel. I get frustrated with cyclists behind the wheel. When I'm biking, I get frustrated with drivers. You know, I think there's a windshield perspective, a bike seat perspective, a walking perspective. And I'm the same person, but it's just whatever mode you happen to be in, you kind of automatically think that it's kind of the me society, you know, if you will. So I guess what it boils down to is like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pushback and, you know, people think that they're getting the short end of the stick on something and and cyclists are winning or drivers are winning. But I think what we need to do is kind of have a more empathetic perspective in that, like, we're all on the roads. We should all just behave and you know, care for each other out there, I think. Oh, that is such a, what a beautiful way to bring us towards the end here. It almost. doesn't happen though, unfortunately, <laughs> but we should, we should strive for that. So the Safer Intersections Act already passed the Transportation Committee. Is it going to pass the whole council? And can I live my fantasy and it gets split up and the Idaho stop is legalized, but right on red is preserved? Any chance of that? I am not a council predictor, if you will. I mean, it's the sort of thing where, yeah, if it gets passed a committee, you know, it's been talked about, it's been marked up or uh, amended and that sort of thing. But at the same time, like we're talking, this can be controversial. I'm not going to pretend to know what will happen. Given past stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if it passed. I could also see it split up and um, kind of broken into, you know, smaller bills and, and take it individually. Because, you know, each of these individual decisions, you know, has repercussions and has consequences. So I I tend to think something like this would pass. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. If it does pass, does that mean that tomorrow there is no right turn on red in D.C.? Or is is there some kind of phase in? Yeah, no, it's the sort of thing where they want to get people comfortable with the idea. So Che basically said that this wouldn't start till 2025, basically to give people time to, you know, do an education campaign, get people familiar with with the law. So it wouldn't go into effect right away, but certainly has a horizon. Jordan Pascal of WMU, thanks for joining us again on CityCast DC. Follow Jordan at JW Pascal. That's J-W-P-A-S-C-A-L-E on Twitter. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. Before you go, here's some quick news. First up, it's Maryland's turn to vote on legalizing marijuana. Question four will ask Marylanders if they'll allow their over 21 neighbors to possess, use, or grow small amounts of marijuana. If passed in November, the referendum would open the door to the creation of a taxed and regulated recreational marijuana industry in the state. Finally, your suspicions have been confirmed. Maryland drivers are worse than Virginia drivers, way worse. In fact, Maryland is the seventh most aggressive state in the nation when it comes to confrontational driving, according to a recent Forbes advisor survey. By comparison, Virginia came in a cordial 44th. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button and get your friends to do it too. Bridget will be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye.